Hello and welcome to Core Confidential, our new series, The Insider Guide to Core Development in Drupal. I'm Preston So, Editor-in-Chief at Tag One, and it's my pleasure today to be talking about Drupal Core today with our very own Drupal Core committer, Fabian Franz, VP of Software Engineering at Tag One. And today we're also joined by our dear friend, Michael Myers, Managing Director of Tag One. So this is a new series that we're doing. It's a very, very new segment that uh, we've started to launch here at Tag One. Uh, Core Confidential is meant to be an insider's look into exactly how Drupal Core produces all the wonders that it does in our day-to-day -day lives. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into our list of topics for today. I think that everyone's really curious right now about some of the things going on with Drupal 9. I'm hearing about a lot more people updating their websites to Drupal 9. I'm hearing about a lot more module updates as well to Drupal 9. But what's going on in core exactly? I understand that there's kind of a focus on deprecation and module management to meet this release deadline. Fabian, what, what exactly is going on with Drupal 9 these days? So just quick caveat, I'm Drupal 7 maintainer. It's nothing to do with this 9. Now, but my colleague Catch, Ned, Ned Catch Cole, uh, is Drupal 9 maintainer. He's helping preparing that thing and I get to know all the nice things. So the thing about Drupal 9 is, and that's the most important part, is it's basically at release candidate stage. That means it's a borrowing stage. <laughs> It totally means now with Drupal 9, there are things that are effort, upgrade paths. Everyone hates upgrade paths. That's why we skipped it completely for eight. And it's also those things that deprecated code. We've deprecated so much code within Drupal 8 for BC reasons, obviously, that this code needs to be removed now. So it's really a lot of busy work. But once that's done, Drupal 9 can ship basically. So those are kind of the blockers. So despite what you normally have, like, like there's a new release coming out, etc., like that, and there will be lots of new things. No, that's not Drupal 9. That was kind of the, the approach that we as a community took with Drupal 8, that we've been using this LTS approach, this approach of, of having always little minor releases and then steady releases all the time so we could introduce new features all of the time so all the exciting stuff basically has already happened in Drupal 9 so the, uh, in Drupal 8 and so Drupal 9 really is just removes the old code and basically all the deprecations and ensure there's a nice upgrade pass from Drupal 8 to Drupal 9 and then it's ready so Drupal 9 and that is very very important will be so 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 much closer to Drupal 8 than any major version release of Drupal before, basically. So while before you had a lot of worry, like from Drupal 6 to 7 or 7 to 8, like like what all, or even 5 to 6, what all you have to port, what all you have to change, what all you have to do. In essence, if you've been following along from Drupal 8 to Drupal 9 and always took care in your contribute modules and your custom modules to remove your deprecated code, that was deprecated in Drupal 8 already, you are already kind of like ready for Drupal 9. So this is pretty cool in, in this whole approach. 
That's wonderful. And I think, you know, I, I, I do hear a lot of people working on Drupal 9 readiness. There's obviously a lot of really amazing things like the Rector module, but I'm kind of curious, uh, you know, you mentioned that there's a lot of things that people need to do to get ready for uh, Drupal 9. And I know that there's, for example, a beta testing program. What can people who are in the community who are really interested in getting their code ready for Drupal 9 do? to get in touch with this beta testing program, participate in it. Are there any virtual events coming up for core development that relate to, let's say, contribution sprints or things like that? Yes, indeed. We'll be posting the direct dates in the comments here because I don't know, but I've just uh, heard um, that at the time that DrupalCon North America would have happened, there will be a huge contribution day that basically replaces the normal sprint we would be doing. And this contribution day should make Drupal 9 ready, should do a lot of things basically. So the core of Drupal 9 is basically taken care of, but we also have the contract. We have all those modules that have been ported from seven to eight, which have been used for eight or have been newly developed for eight. And all of those need to be made ready for Drupal 9. Unfortunately, again, it's much more simple than before because basically you just have to look at the list of deprecations from Drupal 8 to Drupal 9, everything that was deprecated in Drupal 8, and then you have to basically um, change your module in this space. The other possibility, obviously, is just to install Drupal 9, install your 8 module, and see what breaks, see what works, and fix what doesn't work anymore in that chances are high that might just be working. So uh, if you've never used any deprecated code because you've started just in the last year with, with Drupal 8 or whatever, then um, chances are high it will just work on Drupal 9. And it should be. That's how it should be. Yeah, we will be posting the, definitely we'll be posting the link to the minor release beta testing program. That can also help for people that want to support like Drupal 8 releases being more stable or in the future Drupal 9 minor releases so that whenever something goes into beta, you can install it already on your production system. No one would notice, I, I meant your staging system. So that you can then use all of those and, and see what breaks basically. So really the main contributions we are looking for right now is the testing thing. And then there's also this module upgrade program that's so important so that when Drupal 9 ships, in the ideal case, everything that's available for Drupal 8 should be available for Drupal 9 at that point, that would be like perfect. That would be like, like amazing. And it's, it's, it's really, really important too, because once Drupal 8 is released, you're expected to upgrade to Drupal 9. It is not like before where basically there had been like support forever in that, but really, really you should upgrade from Drupal 8 to Drupal 9 rather earlier than later, because there's no Drupal 8 extended support uh, like we have now. So what's the probability? I mean, you, you, some people are not going to update to Drupal 9. You know, like I said, maybe you install it, maybe it works. Maybe you don't have the resources to make it work. So what are people who are on Drupal 8 that can't upgrade or, or aren't get a, going to get around to upgrading for a long time, what do they do if it's no longer supported? I mean, basically, it should be simple. 
to upgrade. But I do think so far Drupal 7, I know that once Drupal 9 is released, Drupal 7 is end of life. So there will be several companies, including Tech One, that uh, will be providing uh, Drupal 7 LTS support. That means long-time support. That's paid support program that we already have very successfully for Drupal 6. So for Drupal 6, you are already covered. For example, if you use the Tech One Pro, we'll be expecting to use, do the same for 7. And most probably, as you just said, also for 8. I mean, why not? <laughs> the thing is, uh, it's the same work, basically. You have a security fix coming out for Drupal 9. LTS vendors for 8, 7, and 6 will be notified, like usual, of the security issue. They can prepare releases and do that. And people will pay a fee of some extent to be commercially supported in that. So it's basically a good situation. So if someone really doesn't want to do that, they could still participate probably in some LTS program. What, what is all this code that's getting deprecated? Like, can you give us an example? You know, wh what is it and why is it being pulled out? Like, what's the difference between 8 and 9? So, basically, deprecations, something. So, historical Drupal has grown and grown and grown and grown. So, basically, from each version, from 4 to 5, 5 to 6, etc., etc., we've put layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. But that means we could never basically remove any code. So when Drupal 8 was shipping, we even have still had some procedural code from uh, Drupal 7 in Drupal 8. For example, Drupal set message. And those things, we don't necessarily want to continue shipping into Drupal 9 because we want to have mostly class-based code, which everyone has switched to by now. But those procedural functions still exist. So within Drupal 8, it was impossible after it was released to remove them due to the backwards compatibility policy. So basically, the promise was whatever happens within Drupal 8 will not change in a way. However, what we can do is we can deprecate it. And so, for example, these procedural functions of how, where we still had a lot of those had been deprecated. And now all of those code is, is basically being, being removed. Um, lots of procedural code. Then we have some little older APIs that are no longer being used, etc. So basically you can search for edge deprecated in the Drupal 8 code base, and then you have functions, and then you create, can create a patch and you can remove those. So that's one possibility to contribute in removing deprecate code. Maybe search for if there's an issue for that function already, because then you can contribute to that. But if there's not, you can create a new patch. That's amazing. And I think it's, it's really great that we've got some really nice incentive structures in place, actually. I know that Gabor Hoichi, for example, on the core team has been basically incentivizing a lot of folks to contribute these updated modules with monetary contributions. It's going to be amazing once these Drupal 9 modules are fully updated and we've got a really nice litany of modules available. So I wanted to take a little bit of a different direction here because we are uh, well into this episode. You know, you know, I think you mentioned something very interesting at the start of the episode, Fabian, which was that you work on Drupal 7. And others are you know, sort of responsible for Drupal 9 and other sort of versions of Drupal. I'm curious, you know, what is the life of a Drupal core committer like? 
And given that there's only a few core committers per version of Drupal, what does it actually mean to be part of the team? It's quick. <laughs> but it's also, it's an immense responsibility. That's first and foremost how I would describe the job. It's a responsibility for, when I joined the team, it was still 1 million sites in Drupal 7. So this dreaded 7.5.0 release, where <laughs> most everyone, even Dries, et cetera, got some messages about modules uh, in the modules table still be there in that thing. It affected million sites. It didn't break anything, but it was like a little bit unexpected to after years of, of no messages on the Drupal 7 site, suddenly getting messages about uh, bad modules being ordered. And that was an important thing because it actually slowed size down a lot so it was a large larger bug to fix than that but it was also a lot of flag we've gotten other things where where which affected lots of sites were like security updates security updates for example for the for the issue with the where you have like a file the far files on disk and those far files were used in several contributed modules that were pretty popular like gyp and other things and they suddenly stopped working. And even though we made little things or whitelisting and other things, they had to do some workarounds. So this is how little things that need to be fixed, like security issue needs to be fixed, can affect lots and lots and lots of sites. So basically, whatever I do, it still ends up probably on half a million of sites right now because those are the ones that update on <laughs> the news version. Some are just not updating. They should be updating because Drupal 7, there's really not much risk in that. In Drupal 7, we are right now in basically the last maintenance stage. I fortunately just recently got, got a new core, com core committer, MacDruid, and he's, he's basically preparing things right now for me. And I'm doing basically, I'm being basically the last gatekeeper, like, like whatever wants to go into core, it needs to go through me. You shall not pass. So, but several things passed. For example, just this morning, so there's a really good example. I've approved eight 7.4 compatible, PHP 7.4 compatible patches for Drupal 7. And MacDruid will be getting them in later today. So that's really good. And yeah, for me, the role was never, when I originally joined the team, David was release manager and I was framework manager. That means basically an architect responsible for framework decisions and things. And then uh, David and Stefan basically left and I was all alone. <laughs> and then I got another core committer, but basically suddenly I was all things at three. I was framework manager, release manager, and, and even product manager for that thing. And that was never what I wanted to be as a core committer because what my strength is, is really reviewing code, ensuring no bugs are introduced as much as I can. I mean, everyone makes mistakes. And ensuring really high quality code is entering core and it's keeping stable for all those seven sites still out there and it's still a lot and that are just lacking seven that are keeping at seven and that are wanting to be on the stable platform and that will probably also join one of the LTS programs in the future and just be on seven forever. Like within 50 years, I'll still be on seven, maybe, you know. <laughs> But yeah, and 7 really is a great platform to build upon. So but as you can see, it's still modernized, for example, for PHP 
we have full PHP 7.3 support, PHP 7.4 supports hopefully soon. And um, I think we also got the MySQL 8 patch in by now. So that's pretty cool. So that's basically, yeah, one of the things, yeah. So out of curiosity, you know, you know, we've spoken about some of the work to some of the, some, you know, some of the distinctions between um, what it's like to be working on Drupal 7 versus Drupal 8, Drupal 9. But I'm curious, you know, in terms of working on releasing an actual new version, you know, let's say, and, and, and this might relate a little bit less. Well, actually, no, it does relate to Drupal 7 because we're talking about, you know, sort of minor version updates and, and, and some of these, you know, sort of minor versions coming out. Can you give us an example of, of kind of what a typical day is like? when you're working on a new version of Drupal, let's say a minor release of Drupal 7 or you know, something like Drupal 9, what's it like to be actively developing a new version of Drupal? So it's definitely a totally great feeling. <laughs> Often it was basically shortly before release, you would go through the queue, look at what things are RTPC, what things are high priority, what things are low priority and then say basically, hey, this is a nice patch. Uh, we really want to get this in for the release still. So then you're, you're downloading the patch, you test it locally, you ensure it's all working correctly, you check the code, you go away, drink coffee or tea or whatever you like. For me, it's more tea, um, sometimes coffee. And then you go back and you review the code again. And then you do something else, work a little bit, work a little bit, work a little bit, and then you go back and review the code for a third time, just to make sure really you've thought about all things. Sometimes I even sleep a night over it if I have still time before release, <laughs> but hopefully I have. And then I review it again. And then when I'm totally sure, then it goes in, basically. So this is also one of the reasons why core processes take some time. And it sometimes feels like it's so slow moving, etc. This is for safety reasons basically it's for because i personally double check and double check in that i know in in drupal 8 especially with the process they're having this having like the beta version and then the frequent releases etc and they're a little bit more liberal in getting things in they're still doing a very very great job but it's it's still usually they are more quicker to commit and more quicker to revert in that things, but that's really just as Drupal 7 is a conservative version of it right now. <laughs> and so that's, that's the point. And because there's less, there's more tests, obviously, in Drupal 8, there's less breaking changes in Drupal 8, usually because of this uh, deprecation thing. And there's also a little bit less edge cases. So for example, in Drupal 7, we changed one completely unrelated line. <laughs> Uh, which no one thought about would do anything. Then we got reports that it broke some strange contribute module somewhere down the road. So it can happen, we revert the change. It's, it's uh, made a new release or hopefully it was, uh, maybe it was even found before release because someone beta tested it, so it was good. But yeah, things can happen. And just a little bit, people are much more bleeding edge in Drupal 8 and they had installing the beta versions on the stage and testing servers. They are um, testing things before they get released. And you know, there's every six months a new release, so things are not piling up as much. And that's how Drupal 8, I would say, differs a little bit from Drupal 7. 
And out of curiosity, you know, if I were, you know, I think that there's a very big difference between obviously some of the incremental changes that people make around bug fixes or, you know, things that are, that are, that are documentation typos, for example, you know, uh, code comment typos. But I'm curious, you know, you know, I think as the arbiters of core development, you all have a very high standard for, let's say, new features being added or changing how something's architected or how it works or refactoring some of the underlying pieces. How does the process for introducing a new feature or making a larger scale change um, differ from something like a simple bug fix or a smaller issue? The short answer is down. <laughs> she explains it a little bit. We had, even still during the Drupal 8 cycle, this huge patches, 472 kilobytes, a huge branch to be merged, etc. And those things look okay after a while, even through a 400 kilobyte patch, please community, don't do that. Um, once you've gone through it, you go through it several times, you get it finally committed. But the problem is the work doesn't stop there. One such patch can lead to like 100 issues of technical debt that are like follow-up of that. And, and this was kind of like these large breaking changes of Drupal 8, which several persons said we should be doing this pain once and then we have it through over. We are no longer doing that with Drupal 8, Drupal 9, uh, we are no longer doing these things. It's very important that we are do doing that things. If you want to introduce a feature, break it up into what things you need for it. And then basically check, and if, if, some, if you need to do like some breaking change to some API, consider introducing new API instead. Basically, look at what you need for it and then iteratively improve on it. Like start small, and then iteratively one step, one step, one step, one step, one step, one step. And suddenly you have your whole feature in core. Like, but, but you really need to break it up and check it up and do what is needed to get the simple things in. Obviously you can create a so-called meter issue um, where basically you or a plan issue where you, where you plan out what needs to happen to get this feature into core. But then it's, it's important that every part of that thing is independently useful and nice to, to have for that thing. And then basically the, the contract here is core is always shippable. So if after developing this feature to 50%, you got your dream job and you have no more time for core because you really want to want to work or, or, or even better scenario, you have a full-time job and uh, you suddenly meet the girl or boy of your dreams or whatever. And then uh, you don't have any more time for core completely managed, etc. So this feature is now 50% finished and maybe there's right now no one who can finish it. It's important that core is still shippable at this point. So all of that contribution of this 50% of your feature is already giving core a huge win. In that, so uh, that's why we much prefer the uh, iterative approach, and that's also the whole experimental module thing, where basically you start as a contract module, contract works well. You introduce it into Cora as an experimental module, your feature, 
and once it's a stable etc then at one point there's not too many new bugs not too many things affecting sites etc then it gets to be a stable thing and the nice thing about an experimental module is basically you can still make breaking changes because no one should be relying on that already they should only be relying on that until it's stable so there's a very good compromise between contrap and core this experimental stage within core so that's that's one part. As for a bug fix, obviously you write a test, you prove it it breaks, and you fix the bug. And I think we're all very grateful for the ways in which experimental modules um, have really reinvented how we can leverage new features in Drupal very quickly without a lot of uh, kind of overhead and, and and sacrifice. But also being able to do that without the worry that it'll you know potentially be something that you have to strip out later or. It's a very, very good kind of uh, intermediate stage. I love it. So we are out of time today on this first inaugural um, episode. Oh, go ahead. Yep. Sorry for uh, just, just for the, uh, I really didn't answer your day-to-day your -day thing. I just realized. So the important thing that the core committer does day-to-day -day is he cleans the RTBC queue. He goes with the RTBC queue, checks every issue, and then basically says this can go in or this doesn't go in. So that's a day to day. Wonderful. Well, I know that we're all very, very appreciative of all the efforts of the core committer team and uh, all of the work that you all do um, day in, day out. We are out of time in this very first episode of Core Confidential. I did want to make a couple of notes here that we didn't get to today. The first is, as a reminder, there is no extended support for Drupal 8, which means that if you are going to stay on Drupal, you need to upgrade from Drupal 8 to Drupal 9. It's not going to be the same situation as it was for Drupal 6 or 7. So please make sure to upgrade to Drupal 9 as soon as that release lands. And also, did you know, by the way, that Drupal 10 has already started. The branch has been open for a while, I believe. There's also a plan issue already available that's been currently talked over quite a bit within the community. And of course, there's also more specifics in the issue queue. We'll have links to both of those within the post surrounding this video. Thank you so much for joining us on this first episode of Core Confidential, the insider guide to core development. I'm really grateful to our two friends today, Fabian Franz, VP of Software Engineering at Tag1, as well as Michael Myers, Managing Director at Tag1. Thank you both so much for your time. Thank you all in the audience and see you next time on Core Confidential.